1: on
0: thursday and i'm not sure how much because i I, you know the steve kerr did say uh steph curry's going to get a game off it sounds like maybe that game's going to be monday night the first of the two games in la and then he wants everybody to get 30 minutes for a game or
1: two just to you know pslm preseason load management get the conditioning up yeah well let's uh let's assume that the five that started are going to be able to start let's assume that's your starters that didn't look bad uh, right thursday night it looked pretty good We'll see. We only have two games to go on. So then what? Jordan Poole looks like he could be a sixth man, right? He does.
0: Knocking down shots confidently. We, You know he's not afraid to shoot them. To me, it's just a matter of are they going to be going in or not. Right. And I I thought, I, I've been pleasantly surprised with how comfortable he's looked. And it just, the shots in the summer league just were they were just off. They were wild. They were at one point. I think you know Aaron Miles was coaching that team, and at one point, I think he had a little conversation about shot selection. Like, hey, we want you to be aggressive, but you know, you need to take better shots, and you can still be aggressive, but just take better shots. And I just the shots looked more in the context of an offense with some order to it. Than, than they did you know, going back to the games in, in Vegas. And he knocked him down at a higher clip, which is something he really didn't do for a good portion of that summer league.
1: He's had all summer to work on the longer three-point shot. That's a big boy shot. It is. Yeah, that's a big difference. As far as a rotation goes, right now we can't really answer that, right? Because let's say, as I suggested, you go with the five who started Thursday. Well, you don't want Looney and Willie Colleystein both coming off the bench, do you? So one of those guys probably has to start. So we just have to wait and see... When they're ready to go. Yeah. And uh, I, I think already there are indications they're going to have more depth than I thought they were going to have. Right. And they're going to
0: need it. Yeah. And they're going to need it because they are, even though they have maybe more bodies than you initially thought, they're still going to need Curry to carry it, I think. And D'Angelo Russell. And D'Angelo Russell was better game two. Yeah, game he was. One. And, but so much of it, I think, for Russell is going to be the nights that he makes threes versus the nights that he doesn't. Because he's very streaky. And there's nights where it's going to fit, and he and he's going to catch it, and he's gonna, it's going up, and he's going to knock him down, and you're going to think, all right, this is the way. But I think then there's going to be nights where he just he doesn't hit very many, and his
1: game's going to look a little bit awkward. Boy, he would be great if he had Harden's job with the Rockets because D'Angelo Russell, he doesn't blink about shooting the ball; he no. lets it fly, yeah. and he shot well. I'm just saying, oh my goodness, he got a quick trigger. He does, and yeah. I look,
0: and I think that's part of the reason he's here. Yeah. I think part of the reason he's here is you got to have somebody that can carry the load a little bit with Klay Thompson gone and when Curry's not in the game. And that's the other thing. If that it wa- feels
1: like leather, he's going to shoot it. The other thing that was expected, yes, he's going to shoot it going up. Yeah, and that's what they want him to do, to your point.
0: And you already, this was expected, but you have the staggering of minutes in play now. Where you keep an eye on the rotation and Russell comes out midway through the first, and then he's coming back in at the beginning of the second quarter when Curry takes his rest. So there are going to be stretches of the game where Russell is going to be the number one option. Probably 12 to fourteen minutes a half.
1: So if you have Russell lead in the second unit, I know he's going to start, but if he leads the second yeah. unit, maybe you got Jordan Poole out there with him, and maybe Willie Colley Stein, because I know everyone's excited about Willie Colley Stein and D'Angelo Russell running the pick and roll. The problem with that is a lot of that depends on who's guarding Russell. The pick and roll is not just a matter of these two guys are good at pick and roll. It's also a matter of who's guarding you. For example, if you're guarding somebody and they're setting screens, that means the other team is coming after you. They if you're the one that's getting involved in the pick and roll. So my point is how many pick-and-rolls the Warriors run not only depends on the fact that Willie colley Stein and Janzo Russell can run pick-and-rolls, it's a matter of, well, who are they defending and who do you want to get involved on the other team in that pick-and-roll action? Exactly. Who do you want to attack? Exactly,
0: and that's where we've seen teams try to attack Curry.
1: Yeah. Uh, from, from that point of view he'd go at Curry well now I'm thinking in all fairness uh in all honesty if I'm playing the Warriors I could pick right do I want to go after Steph or do I want to go after D'Angelo Russell I've got some enticing options at the top if they're starting if that's my starting backcourt yeah the other team uh they probably like some of those matchups
0: and and looking at 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 some of the positives and and some of the not so positives D'Angelo Russell's defense
1: Right. A little shaky. Yeah. I thought Thursday the defense, for the most part, it was not overly impressive, but I think you could say there were a lot of willing defenders. Like Jordan Poole sticks his nose in there. You know, some guys don't even try to play defense. You couldn't say that about these guys, but still, uh, they got a lot of work to figure out. An Anthony Davis update. Oh, really? Is coming up. We we
0: have more news on Anthony Davis. Not a
1: Laker fan, but I hope he's okay.
0: We'll get to that, and also more of your phone calls at 888 9570. Your, your biggest concerns and your biggest bright spots from the Warriors so far, we can still take those and also your overrated, underrateds as well. It's JD and YD on 957 The Game.
1: Now back to Warriors this week on 957 The Game. Woo!
0: Mentioned that Anthony Davis update. Warriors this week, John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, here till 1 o'clock. Uh, Shams Charania reporting initial exams on Anthony Davis. His right thumb showed no ligament damage. It's believed at this point to be a grade 1 sprain. Uh, an MRI Davis will undergo on Sunday. The Lakers traveling from China back to the West Coast, where they're scheduled to take on the Warriors Monday night in a game you can hear right here on 95.7
1: The Game. Well, that's good news at this point. It's a basketball injury, right? It yes. happens. By the way, something that uh, I'm not sure all Warriors fans know about, Willie Colley-Stein. Willie Collie stein and he has said this publicly he doesn't like to contest shots at the rim because he actually injured his finger on the rim once. And he said, I don't, I don't like to try to block shots there. I don't want to get hurt. <laughs> and I think that says a lot of it. Willie Colleystein's Stein's a good player, but I don't know that he's as, as dedicated to all aspects of the game as we like to think of basketball players as being. He's a very skilled player, um, very artistic guy, um, just a little bit different. Interesting quote as well. In, in some of the, the the
0: media availabilities that that he had leading up to the the season, and and I was at the in Vegas when he signed, and he's just he's he is an engaging guy, and he's honest, yeah. But sometimes the things he'll
1: say will make you kind of scratch your head. Was uh, it a couple years ago, two seasons ago? There was a game between the Warriors and the Kings in Oakland, and he was the best player on the floor. Yeah, there were a few. Yeah, there you were know, no. There's been a
0: couple of those the last couple of years, and. I think that's the one thing I've said as far as, you know, once he does get healthy is kind of just to to caution Warriors fans a little bit. He doesn't play the way he's played against the Warriors every night. And in fact, kind of the knock on him has been, hey, hey, I'm playing the Warriors tonight. I'm going to rise to the occasion. And then the next night, you know, you're playing Phoenix. Four rebounds. Exactly. Four rebounds. And he'll get, you know, he'll get his tail kicked by, you know,
1: some random. When he was drafted... The Kings thought that Willie Colley Stein was going to be a guy who could guard all five positions, and he never has become, at least to this point, he has not become that type of defender. And I think its I'm really interested to see if he can become a better defender in this system because he could help the Warriors so much, obviously, if he is able to defend uh, the pick and roll. Because I still think he has that in him. So this is going to be another test, first of all, of him, uh, but also of the Warriors' coaching and culture. Can they bring out the most in this player? Who did a lot of really promising things last year, but ultimately frustrated certainly the fan base and I think to an extent management as well. Yeah, and he's a better, I think, perimeter defender than he is an interior defender.
0: He's better at moving he his feet. He didn't have a lot of bulk. He, yeah, he, he isn't great at moving, I and mean, he's better at moving his feet and getting out on a guard
1: than he is protecting the rim. He's also said at times he, he's compared himself to Porzingis. He's wanted to be that type of player, and he's not that type of player. And when he has it in his head that he is that type of player, bad things happen. Also been a player that's been accused of focusing more on his offense.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. He's probably just yeah, just likes to score, likes to shoot, likes to be involved in that part of the game, and maybe drift if he's not consistent. Runs the
1: floor well. Involved. I think there are a lot of things he does that could fit beautifully here.
0: Yeah, and look, this is somebody that we're not going to see until November. It sounds like with the next update on his injury coming at the end of the month. Uh, but he but he is somebody that if he truly believes, hey, he needs to, you know, fix his reputation maybe a little bit in an attempt to get paid. You now, he's somebody that, again, you know, going back a year ago, he he thought he was going to get a big time contract in, in, in the final year of his deal with Sacramento. I mean, I,
1: he was of the belief, I think, that he was going to get a 50, 60 million dollar contract from yeah. somebody. He uh at times, will be dominated by bigger, more physical centers. I mean, dominated by, say, Steven Adams. And when that would happen last year and he was asked about it, he would say, hey, those guys. that's why those guys get the big money, as if to say, yeah. if I got more money, I would play better against them. So that's the type of thing that rubs some fans. Yeah. And I think, as I said, to a degree, uh, the Kings management there the wrong way. Carl Anthony Towns, another one. That was the, I think
0: that quote actually may have come out of a Carl Anthony Towns game where Carl Anthony Towns was like 14 for 16. Just
1: destroyed him. Yeah. <laughs> Like he wasn't there. Like 14 for 16 yeah. in the paint and yeah. with 20 yeah. rebounds.
0: Yeah. And it's like, well, I mean, that's that's why. That's, that's why right. he gets the big money. That's why those guys yeah. get the big
1: money. Huh. Yeah. Uh, Zion Williamson, by the way, so far, so good. Zion Williamson had 26 last night. It's very early here, right? 26 against the Jazz. But look what he's done in the past two preseason games, J.D. Zion Williamson is 21 to 25. Wow. So that's his second consecutive game with at least 25 points while shooting 75% from the floor. He's explosive. He is explosive. He is, and he's already, it's very early, as I keep saying, but he's already dominated NBA players physically in a way that some said, well, he won't be able to do that here. Right off the bat. Yeah, but the only other players to have multiple games like that in the last 20 years in the preseason. Oh, it's got to be some big names. Shaquille O'Neal in 1999. That's a big name. Rudy Gay in 2015, and Kevin Martin in 2008. So, in other words, yeah, it's nice, but ultimately meaningless. Okay. Fair enough. But they're going to be a fun team to
0: watch. They are going to be a fun team to watch. They are probably the team. Them and
1: Sacramento are probably the two teams that I'm most interested among what I consider to be the non-playoff group. How about Dallas? I'm very interested to see Dallas. I don't expect a lot from them, but I'm very interested to see Porzingis, Doncic. I put them in the same group as those other two teams. I don't know
0: that I'm excited to watch them. There's something missing. Like, Sacramento's fun to watch. They were really fun to watch last year. Probably more competitive than they should have been. Uh, certainly against the Warriors, they were really competitive in the four games. Uh, against Golden State. They sure were. Maybe could have won all four of them. But I I think the Pelicans, I I don't know about Dallas. I just don't know that. I like Doncic. I like Porzingis. I don't know what else is there. And I actually don't think there's a ton else there Hmm. compared to those other teams. Like I think Sacramento and, and the Pelicans believe that they have
1: six to eight pretty solid players the pelicans have a player that i'm very close to putting on my all overrated team and i mentioned this to uh, ryan and and bob and they both kind of made a face like something smelled bad oh i hope it's not who i think it is um brandon ingram oh that's fair and i think it was ryan said well don't you have to be rated before you can be overrated and i know he hasn't been around long but he just <sighs> well he isn't going to be rated as highly now that he's not on
0: the lakers right right i'll tell you that uh i i uh, the the guy that i like of that group, and and I think might be on the underrated team, is Drew Holiday.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think Drew Holiday's pretty good. Yeah. Cool.
0: Yeah, I thought, I thought maybe you were going to
1: say Drew Holiday. No, no, no. Think. He's phenomenal, and he's tough. I could see him looking at, like, Brandon Ingram going, who's this guy?
0: And I, I actually never really I, – I never – I didn't – I thought there was something missing from Drew Holiday, but the more I've watched him the last couple of years – I remember I did a show with uh, Marcus Thompson a couple okay. of years back, and it was the day – that Drew Holiday got his big contract, and I thought, "Whoa, boy, that's that's a mistake!" You know, with 125 million or whatever it is, a huge, massive contract. And I'm thinking, boy, that's that's a lot of money for Drew Holiday. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think he can live up to that. I don't. Uh, is he that good? And and I remember Marcus Thompson said, no, he's good. Like he, like I think he's good. He's had some you know personal stuff going on and his wife. It's and they got a, a brain tumor. He's tough. And and yeah. just, so he had been through some injuries. He had been through some some life stuff where he had to step away and 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 come back and you know
1: plays on both ends. I just. I, and he's a guy who, last year when they had they were dealing with the, all the confusion and dysfunction with Anthony Davis and he brought it every night. Yeah. He no, he he brought it every night. He's a good player. So yeah. they they're
0: good. They I mean they've got some potential to be good. is probably the best way to say it. But I I put them I'm starting to lean toward them being the the best team out best team not in the playoffs coming in. Pelicans? I think it's between the Pelicans and the Kings and the and the Mavs. But I f- I feel like I feel like the Mavs just – the Mavs have two really good players. Right. One coming off an of injury. I just don't know about the rest of
1: it. Yeah. I think – I'm interested to see Porzingis and Doncic, but to assume that those two guys are going to transform this franchise, well, we'll see about that. Yeah, and J.J. I'm not so sure. JJ
0: Redick, a Pelican now.
1: Yeah. Philly's going to miss him. Who's going to make shots for Philly? Ben Simmons. Oh, I know he can make a three now, but Stephen Adams made a three. Everybody's making threes. Ben Simmons hit a three. Yeah, how about I know, that? I
0: know. First ever three. <laughs> Was, I mean, what do you think of that, though? Really, like, you,
1: is that? I, it's not a thing. How many threes do you I've want get him back to, to make me when it happens again? How many? How many threes? Because do you, I, I you don't have to make threes. You just have to be able to make a jump shot, right?
0: He can't. But that's a debate that I've had on this show with Matt Steinmetz from time to time because he he always says, "Well, how many threes do you really want Ben Simmons shooting? Like, or do you really want him to become a?" great three-point shooter do you really like like because it would in some ways change his game okay
1: if, well he doesn't have to shoot threes if he's got jj reddick with him but if he doesn't have jj reddick somebody's gonna have to shoot jump shots on that team about al horford <laughs> well, i like al horford he's on my all about underrated Embiid. team about Embiid. Embiid.
0: Embiid will shoot some threes how are they gonna make that work i don't know
1: I think talent. they're going to
0: have issues uh, shooting the ball. Somebody asked me, "This is crazy, just off the cuff." It was you know, kind of in the middle of that NBA dead zone in in August.
1: There is no NBA dead
0: zone it, anymore. It was, it was there the used great, be, but not anymore. The great Nash Solomon, one of our producers yeah, here, yeah. in The game, he said, JD, I'm going to put you on the spot right now. And I'm like, all right, go for it. Who's going to win the NBA championship this this year? Who's going to win? I'm like, ah, it's a dead zone.
1: I don't know. And you know, you know, who I settled on. The Bucks, The Boston Celtics. Boston Celtics. And why was that exactly? Because I think I like Kimball Walker a lot. I think the Celtics
0: are going to, in some ways, get their team back with not having Kyrie. They're going to get a lot of the young... You know, I think that's a great point. The young players are going to be back. They're going to be good they're again. they're going to miss Horford. But they're going to miss Horford. Yeah. And that's the only... And I, I said that. I, I, ah, that. They need... If they had him... I'd feel even more confident about it, but I was trying to give... You know, I wasn't going to say the Clippers, because I don't know. I think something's going to happen. They won't win it. it has
1: got a lot of room to grow now, right? Lakers Gordon for, Hayward's got a lot of room now to stretch out and be Gordon Hayward again. And they're going to they're gonna need that. They're
0: going to yeah. need him to almost... Different players, different positions. They're going to need him to almost do a lot of the things Horford was doing, I think. In terms of just... They ran a lot of their offense through Horford. And so they're going to have to run their offense differently, and look, Kemba's there now. I think Kemba Walker, I don't even think they're going to miss Kyrie. That's
1: how That's how much I like Kemba Walker. I wouldn't disagree with that. I don't think they're going to miss Kyrie. Kyrie hurt them last year.
0: And their other players are going to be back. So I just, I I, I like Boston. Give me your wild card championship pick. I, I took Boston.
1: Hmm. You're not asking me to come up with one, are you? I am on the spot Utah right now. Jazz. Championship? Yeah. Wow. You said wild card. Okay. I mean, how many teams would even qualify?
0: I was reading something that said I, I, th- Mike th-
1: Conley's going to transform the
0: Jazz. You can't make the club sitting in the tub. <laughs> Come on, it's October. I'm just—I mean—and he, he's fine now, but I just—you know—injuries have been a problem. I love Mike Conley. Yeah, because
1: player. he plays so hard, and once in the playoffs, he literally broke his face I know. because he threw his body after a loose ball.
0: I, I read something because we were—you know—we were talking about. Stars and now uh, the West. There's two, 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 two. You know, every team's basically got two. The Warriors are in a little different category because Clay's gone, and and Russell. Is he really a star? And you still got Draymond. So the, the Warriors are kind of in their own little unique position. But there's talent there, high end talent there. The Jazz were the other team that I I I was reading. They don't. like This person's perspective on on the Utah was, well, they don't even have a star. Like they don't have any stars. And I, I thought, know.
1: well, I don't know about that. I I mean. Not superstars, stars. I mean, they have stars. I think a lot of people would pick Denver before they'd pick Utah. I wouldn't. I don't think I would either. But I like what they're doing. That's another team that, other than Jokic, they don't have superstars.
0: Yes, and and boy, they God. have good players. They have good players. But I think I think I, I see. I when I went through it, I put Murray and Jokic together. I said, all right, you got Murray and you got Jokic. When I went through Utah, I said, all right, you've got Mitchell and you've got Gobert and Conley. Like you've kind of got. Between the three, you've got two, was kind of the way I... Don't forget
1: Joe angles mate. You mentioned him earlier. Solid. He's yeah. not a star. No, I know. They, they don't have Derek Favors anymore, either. They don't. I like Derek Favors. And where would Derek Favors go? He went New to the Orleans. Pelicans. Yeah. So all of a sudden, the Pelicans might be that team. There's just too much unknown about them right now. They Even the coach says, we don't even have our defense in yet. So yeah, they have a lot of talent. And I'm going to watch them very closely, but to a to just assume that all the things they have to work out are going to work out in their favor and they're going to be a good defensive team, you know, because they run up and down and up and down and up and down. And they've been getting killed the last couple games, but then they've come from behind when the second units or third units are on the floor. I just think it's making too large of an assumption right now to say the Pelicans are a playoff team. Could they be? Maybe, but right now I can't. I, they're going to have to show more. And, and
0: you're probably going to disagree with this a little bit, but you know, a coach that I go back and forth on all the time is is Alvin Gentry. I go back and forth between what are they doing, and oh, he's a really good coach. Well, as
1: long as and they're I just, committed to what they're doing, if that's what they want to do with that offense, like what the Warriors, like I've, I've, he's I, the right guy yeah. for that. I just don't know if the, that's the right system for no, them. No,
0: I, I I like him
1: personally, and
0: I and I like I just I I like him. He's a great sound bite, he's good with the media, he's a terrific offensive coach. He got that job because
1: the Warriors won the championship, he right? did.
0: Yeah. But I just at, at times I thought, well, they're they are a joke and and they're rudderless and he it's probably time for him to go. Like there have been times where I've felt that strongly about it. And then there's time and then there's also been times where I've thought, Boy, he's a pretty darn good coach. They swept the trailblazers. Exactly. So I just but I, I without Demarcus. But I have a wild I, I like have a wild mood swing of is he doing a good job or not doing a good job with Alvin Gentry? Probably more than any other
1: coach. I think you can't underestimate the fact that he's a guy who puts an entertaining product on the floor. He's one, yes. okay? He puts an entertaining product on the floor, and you're playing in a market where you're trying to get people to notice you. Yes. And I'm talking more about the business end of it than the basketball yeah. end of it. And yeah. Now he's got a lot of talent, but that's a type of team that people like to watch. And that's an important factor when you're trying to compete with the Saints. Well, that can can, get people to just pay attention to what you're doing and just acknowledge that you're even existing.
0: What do you make of the uh, conspiracy theory about Zion going there after they lose Anthony Davis?
1: I buy pretty much 90% of all NBA conspiracy theories. Everything from the commissioner reaching into the drum and feeling the frozen envelope that had Patrick Ewing's name to Michael Jordan was actually suspended for betting instead of retired. I buy pretty much all of it. The
0: 415, keep sleeping on the Nuggets. Chilton Autobody text line, they're about to go on a run. Michael Porter. Like, like Golden Some State. Some are
1: picking Michael Porter to be Rookie of the Year. Some in the other room.
0: That was a hell of a pick, to be able to take him and win 54 games and redshirt him. Yeah, yeah. That was a...
1: Great pick. Again, the problem for me is anytime you have a young athlete with serious back problems, good luck. You think it's just coming back? Yeah. You I mean, think that's... you think
0: the issues are just never going away?
1: Well, I hope they are, but I would just have to think twice before hitching my wagon to somebody like that. Okay. I just it. it I think
0: that's a hell of a pick. Yeah, I do too. I think that's a hell of a pick. I think they're going to be good. I, I just I don't. I think I mean they're a playoff team. Yes. I mean I have eight I have eight coming into the year I have eight Western Conference locks coming into the year. Wow. And the
1: Warriors like, are one of them? Yeah, they are. Okay.
0: They are. I mean I well Is Houston one of them? Yeah, they are. Hmm. But I could yeah, I could see it going awry, I guess, with them. But I, I, I think it's clear cut. It's there's eight teams and then you draw a line and then there's three or four, maybe three. Is San Antonio one of your locks? Yeah, they're in. Wow. I have them in. I, yeah, they're they're getting. I don't say De- well because Murray I think back. they're wrong. I no, they're, just they're think getting they're getting Dejounte Murray back, and, and yeah. they have DeRozan and Aldridge. There's if those guys are healthy, they're Eric making. White, it. Yeah, I think they're making it. If if where it, where somebody else can get in is they're gonna whether it's Dallas or the Kings or the Pelicans or somebody else of the the, the teams that I consider the out group, they're gonna have to play really well, better than expected. And there's going to have to be a team fall fallout be, because of injury. Like, it's going to be twofold. There's going to have to be a team that's a level better than expected, and there's going to be a team that's a level lower than expected.
1: You know, you've seen it here. You've been to all the games. You've seen the NBA evolve into this perimeter game that it now is, right? Mm-hmm. You've seen Steph Curry usher in the new era of three-point shooting, and teams now, uh, the number of three-point shots a team's attempt compared to even you know, eight years ago, it's staggering. Okay, against that, you've got coach Pop who says that something is lost and he really doesn't like where the game is right now. What do you make of that? As just a as a fan more than anything.
0: I think it, it, I think it's I think it's Pop knowing that he's in a position to be different.
1: I think I think that's that's just kind of who he is to me the difference between the three-point shooting in the nba and say the home runs in in baseball home runs in baseball is kind of artificially it's kind of manufactured i mean because the balls just the, the balls fly further but in the nba the emphasis on the three-point shooting it's uh the product of players being able to make that shot that they never could before so it's just the natural evolution so to me in a way when Pop says, "Oh, something's lost well that's just where the game's headed
0: yeah and i think to that point i mean he's Probably more talking about the analytics of hey, you should take a lot more threes, and it and you should only take threes or layups. He just wants to post up Tim
1: Duncan and David Robinson. Four down, <laughs> run four down. Yeah, yeah. Run a little David Robinson, Tim Duncan high low. Yeah, um, and they still have situations where at the end of the game they can't even have DeRozan on the floor because he can't shoot a three. He can't even not can he not make a three. He can't shoot a three. Yeah. Uh,
0: That's not great. No, but hey, they. Yeah, they've got some good young players, and and they made the playoffs by ten games. I mean, that that, that's the other factor I think in play here. There was a, I think, a little bit of a, a misnomer that Sacramento was close. I think maybe we talked about this on one of the Sunday shows. Like the difference between the eight seed and the nine seed was nine games. The right. Clippers at eight and Sacramento at nine was nine yeah. at, games. It wasn't the, like Sacramento
1: just barely missed it. At the deadline, they were within hailing distance, but when the season ended, they weren't close.
0: Yeah. So I just think there's, you know, there there was a little bit of a gap. Is that gap going to exist this year? Uh, not so sure. But... I'll give you the teams I have in.
1: All right. Yes, please. Jadies right. West locks. I, it's, in no particular order? In no particular gonna, okay. order.
0: No particular order. Clippers. Yeah. Lakers. Yeah. Jazz. Yeah. Blazers. Okay. Nuggets. Yeah. Warriors. Spurs Rockets. It's a little chalky. Well, it's all chalk. I, I, I don't, mean, the
1: Lakers weren't in last year, but
0: obviously. Yeah, the Lakers right. are in and the Thunder are out. From last year, so I just have the Lakers taking the Oklahoma City Thunder spot. But it and sounds then,
1: like part of you wants to consider the Pelicans,
0: only if they are, only if they prove it, and another team has a major injury. Like to me, that's the way that Sacramento or the Pelicans or Dallas or, or maybe Oklahoma City, uh, you know, can fight their way into the the group of eight is if Curry misses thirty games, if James Harden misses the season. You know, in November, he's got a knee, he's done.
1: J.D., of your eight West locks, in my opinion, the team most likely to actually miss? Don't say it. To me, it's Houston. Okay. Because uh, they got some, some issues there. They got a goofy owner. They do. Yeah, and I wondered why in the world they brought in Russell Westbrook. I couldn't understand that because it just didn't make sense to me that as many threes as they shoot, that they'd bring in a guy who can't shoot threes. And there was a story a couple weeks ago. We may have talked about this. Uh, Tillman Fertita, their owner, said, some of my basketball people weren't sure about this, but I just told them, yes, we're doing it. And that makes all the sense in the world to me that somebody who knows better thought, you know, this isn't a good idea, but the owner said, no, we're getting Russell Westbrook. Yeah, not good. No.
0: That wouldn't be good. Uh, by the way, Chilton Auto Body Text Line 707, no Nuggets? No, the Nuggets are in.
1: Yeah, he has yes, Denver in I there. I have
0: the Nuggets in. Nuggets are in. I think the Nuggets are playoff team. I like the Nuggets.
1: I don't think they're the Warriors of five years ago, but I like them. Where in in what areas do you see the Nuggets actually improving? You know, Jokic pretty much he's pretty much at his ceiling, right? I mean, I think Murray can get better. Yeah, he definitely can. And, and uh, Porter and maybe, can, and, and yeah. Porter
0: can add. And no, I, I think they're they're pretty good. They're pretty good. And I think just learning from you know, not every team values the regular season. I thought they really valued the regular season, which I think is a good it's a good mentality to have. I'm going to be interested to see how much that can continue after they lose. You know, you you get home court advantage, you want to get that top seed, they wind up, what, with the two seed after the Warriors were won, and then they lose Game 7 at home. And I think sometimes teams that lose that game at home, the next year they come back and it's like, well, we didn't win it at home, so we don't even need it. Mm -hmm. And then they start to be a little different in the regular season, and that's where you get yourself in trouble, where you think, ah, it doesn't really matter anymore. And then, you know, you don't want to be the team that goes to the motions in the in the regular season.
1: Yeah, to me, Denver still may be lacking that guy who is the heart of the team is going to make sure that uh, everybody else is bringing their best. I don't see Jokic. Jokic is a fine player. Murray's a good player, but he's a little inconsistent. There's something lacking there. My fear about Denver is that we've pretty much seen the best they have to offer. We'll see.
0: <sighs> yeah, I, know I, just, know. I know you disagree. I don't know. I, I, I think... We could see that again, maybe for another year or two. But champ- I just don't see them as a championship caliber team. How about, how about
1: team. Portland?
0: I like Portland. I think Portland has the continuity. It's, it's funny. I said continuity at one point, and I got kind of roasted. Continuity? What are you talking about? Like they, they don't have Aminu anymore. They don't have Hargles anymore. They don't have this guy. They don't have that guy. They didn't they have their courage. Courage. Yeah. But, they, you know, but they do have they have continuity in their two best players and their head coach. And, and that's what I meant by continuity. Lillard, McCollum, Terry Stotts. They feel they're going to be deeper. They feel like they've hedged a little bit on Nurkic by getting... Now they don't have Seth
1: anymore either, do they? No, he went to Dallas. And he helped them last year. He helped
0: them last year, no, no doubt. So uh, they're. I, I still think they're a playoff team. Yeah, I think they're a playoff team, and, and they believe they're even a contending team. I mean, they think, hey, it's wide open. That's the other factor in this, is everybody thinks among those eight teams that I mentioned that they can get to the top. And that's a big time change. It's not just the Warriors that everybody's shooting up, you know, shooting to try and, and hit. Eight at Warriors this week. We're rolling on here on ninety five seven the game.
1: Now back to Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game. Just
0: rolling down memory lane with my guy Whitey Gleason. Woo! J.D. and Whitey, Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game. We're with you until 1 o'clock. 12.30, Kurt Heedlin will join us I for the basketball talk.
1: Yeah. And as you pointed out, we're all about accuracy and accountability. Yes. And earlier I was questioning who's going to make jump shots now for the Sixers. Now that uh, Reddick is gone, and uh, Bob and Ryan point out that uh, Landry Shamit and Josh Richardson probably have a pretty good chance to make a few jump shots. But Shamit's with the Clippers now. So he's not. That's right. But yeah, Shamit's with the... So you just, That's right, because he was involved in the big trade. Now,
0: Richardson, yes. yeah, Richardson's going to have to. But yeah, Shamit was in the trade
1: to go from Philly to the Clippers. That's right. And he's now... And last year he made 42% of his threes. He's good. He's unbelievable. He's good.
0: And he's part of that core that led me to say, yeah, you get Kawhi Leonard and the rest of those guys. Do you really need Paul George dragging you down, Whitey Gleason?
1: Hmm. I don't know that he's going to drag you down. He's going to lift you up. He's going to have a wonderful, wonderful year because so many of the burdens that he's had to carry will be carried by Kawhi instead. Paul George is going to have his best year. Maybe not his biggest numbers, but his best year this year. Crazy to say,
0: Landry Shamet might be the next Clay Thompson. Can he do half of what Clay does defensively? I mean, he's a great shooter. I think he's got some potential there. Unbelievable shooter. I think he's got some potential there. And again, that's a little bit of a just I'm just you know firing a take out there. Yeah, hot take. But he can JD. knock he can knock him down. But yeah, the the Sixers are still void of shooting. They are void of shooting, but yeah, Shamit, that was a hell of a pickup by the Clippers, and he was a he was a handful at times for the Warriors in that first round series that went another the one of those excuse. guys.
1: We were talking about angles earlier, excuse me, but he's the type of guy that uh, you know kind of sneaks up on you. and you're, Who is that guy? As he makes drains three after three. Who is that guy? Yeah, he's good. He's done. he he shot very well for both teams last year, Philly and the Clippers.
0: Yeah, no, he did, and he look. He, He's talented. The Clippers are going to be good. It's hard to it's hard for me to not it's hard for me to imagine them not being a top one or two team as far as the regular season goes. Now in the playoffs, we'll see. I mean, are you buying the well, if the Warriors get in, they could run the you know, run the table. Warriors get in, Clay Thompson's healthy, they could run the table.
1: Run the table? Yeah. Um, well, if they get Clay back, sure, but it, it all hinges on things that are just uh, unknowable to us right now, like how well do they come together defensively and how well. I, I think more important than how many games they win is how they're going to be playing right before the playoffs start and whether Clay comes back or not. And it, is he going to be Clay Thompson again when he comes back? That's not hard to imagine, though, the Warriors making a real deep run if Clay comes back and he's close to being Clay. You could make a case that
0: the Warriors are better set up to win a championship in the 2020-21 season and i've i've made this this case throughout the summer and now we're on into the fall and it, it doesn't mean tank i know it's like we live in a world where everything has to be extreme it doesn't mean tank it it means tank in the first year of the new arena you can't, i don't think so you can't well one you can't say that even if you were going to do it even if you were even if internally you were thinking you were going to do it you can't just you, you at least have to try to win as many games as you can until Maybe circumstances dictate that you can't win as many games as you think you can because of injury. But to me, the Warriors have I think they're in a they're in a an intriguing position for this season because they can play it out with Curry and Russell and Draymond Green, and they can see what happens with guys like Pascal and Poole and Willie cauley Stein. And maybe Marquise Chris and, and Glenn Robinson the third. You see how all that works out, but you still also have D'Angelo Russell the trade chip at some point, if you don't think it's working out. You also have the sixteen, seventeen million dollar trade exception that you'll have one day to officially execute once the league calendar flips uh next June thirtieth to, to July first. You'll have a, a couple of you'll have a day to work out a trade there. I think the date's actually the seventh or you know whenever that you can actually sign the contracts. They have a trade exception from the Iguadala trade. So there is a means for the Warriors to add talent. And if you're not a playoff team, you get a lottery pick. Even if that lottery pick is twelve or thirteen, it, that's still an area where you, you know it's not picking thirty five or, or 38, uh, where the Warriors have been. So there's a means to, if things don't work out for the Warriors this season, I think three legitimate areas where they could become a championship contender for 2021 with that exception, with Russell the trade chip, and with the potentially higher pick than they've had the last few years.
1: With all the focus on the first year of the new arena, do you think the front office, the Warrior front office, is still thinking, and maybe they haven't even cast a line yet, are they still thinking big name, big fish down the road? Yeah. All I, is right? In the NBA, you have to always be thinking that.
0: Yeah, and I think they, they showed just with their ability to get Kevin Durant, I think they showed that that's the... That's the easiest way to get, you know, to keep yourself on top. In the right?
1: bowels of the Chase building now, Bob Meyer's office. I'm not sure where his office is, but let's just uh, say he's got an office down there somewhere. He's got a secret list of the free agents that he'd love to have. Is well, Giannis yeah. at the y- top? Giannis is at the top. Giannis is at the top. And I think,
0: you know, I've always kind of poo pooed, oh, Oh, Giannis, they're not getting Giannis. They're not getting they're not getting this guy, that guy. They're just, they're not gonna just sign Giannis as a free agent and create all the room. But if there's one thing that this offseason showed us, Whitey, it's the fact that you don't necessarily have to align everything the way the Warriors did with Kevin Durant to get somebody to come. You just have to get that player to say, I wanna be there. Mm. It you don't even have to have cap space. You don't even have to you know line again line everything up like they did with Durant anymore it's just i want to be there put me there and the warriors are in a position where maybe they can sort of secretly sell one of those head you know superstar players to say to the franchise that they're currently on i want to be there And maybe you get a guy with a year like the Lakers did with Anthony Davis, a year left on his deal, then you can control his rights and and moving forward. That's another guy who's been on their list in the recent
1: past, right?
0: Yeah. And, And that's somebody that, you know, I don't think you'll be able to do that now because I don't think the Lakers are going to send him to the Warriors. And obviously they want to end up keeping him. But there is a little bit of a risk that Anthony Davis doesn't like it there. And it doesn't work out, and then he wants to, you know, move on to to somewhere else, you know, moving forward. But I think that's where the that's the one thing the Warriors do have in their back pocket is if they can hold themselves up. It's not logistically about having the cap space and having the money and 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 needing to again have everything kind of aligned to where you're going to go sign that guy. It worked for the Clippers with Kawhi, but and, but they had to, but even that. It wasn't just the Clippers had money. It was the Clippers had money, and Kawhi said he wanted to play with Paul George, so they had to facilitate how to get Paul George just to get Kawhi. So I guess that makes it worth getting Kawhi. But you know, does a does a Karl Anthony Towns or a Giannis somebody like that say, "I want to be a Warrior"? Make me a Warrior, and then the Warriors wind up at a position of advantage wow, where Karl they've got Anthony
1: Towns. Woo! As long as we're dreaming, let's dream of acquiring both of them. <laughs> what what about a
0: what they just what about a future scenario? And again, we're just throwing it out there. What about a future scenario where it's a guy that's been a little underwhelming in Carl Anthony Towns but talented? What if there's a scenario where he wants to be here and he kind of forces the Timberwolves' hand, and the, and the Timberwolves have to take something back, and that becomes D'Angelo Russell.
1: That begs the question, if you're, say, Paul George, and you want to play in L.A., as he did with Indiana a couple of years ago, right? And it took him a long time because uh, he ended up first getting traded to OKC, and but now he's, he's in L.A. So you can understand why Paul George would want to play in L.A. But why in the world would Carl Anthony Towns want to come here, and how would you surreptitiously even convince him to come here i'm not sure how you would even go i mean i you can't money wise it's that's not the enticement he doesn't have any ties to the bay area right no you just have to be the franchise right that's part of what the new arena is about exactly you just have
0: to i want to go play with steph i want to go play with clay it, it's it's in San a,
1: Francisco in that new building exactly i want yeah, they're light years a, ahead of every I, other franchise i, I, I want I wanna, some of that
0: and I, and you know what you know Car, in carl anthony town's case i mean i think the league is kind of down on him now i think there's franchises out there that think i think there i think there's franchises out there that think they can they would take a carl anthony town's in and he would be productive he would be they could fix him up i guess i think the warriors are probably one of those kind of like
1: a brandon belt scenario yeah (laughs) Yeah. sorry yeah exactly yeah i I digress i'm i'm taking a shot at you there because i know you're a giant fan but it's yeah
0: it's a situation where i think if if he says i want to be there you can facilitate that and and all of a sudden be in in a position where
1: he's the guy that maybe helps keep it going That's very interesting and exciting, but it suggests that in a way this year is kind of a placeholder year. It suggests that this year is just about getting through a season with a new arena. Hopefully you're competitive, but you're really just marking time until you can bring in the next really big free agent and make another run at the top again.
0: Yeah, although I don't think they necessarily have to do that to be a championship contender Next year, I don't think they have to have another star. I think, but, but I, where I've maybe dismissed their ability to go get another star, I think the nature of this last offseason shows that you can get a star without having to just create all the cap space in the world to get them.
1: If you get Clay back this year, and let's assume it's around March, and let's assume that, okay, he's Clay, and you have D'Angelo Russell, how would that team compare? To the pre-Durant team that won a championship. And the pre-Durant team that won 73 games. Pretty favorably, right? It would, but if it's still... If your bigs are, are yeah, healthy. it's still five years you can later, sign, You can sign Bogut.
0: It's still five presumably years Presumably in March. It's still five years later. So I don't think you can expect that. But you have ish. D'Angelo Russell, which you didn't have. Yeah, and I have to, I have to see how that'll all fit. I know there's been, it's been just assumed that, oh, Curry and Clay and D'Angelo Russell, like, play those three together and it'll be fine. Draymond, pick your center, Looney, Willie Colley-Stein, whoever. Chris. Maybe Chris. Yeah. It, it'll just work out. I don't know. I got to see that. I, I I would have to see that. But I, I think it's plausible. It's possible that could work out and be fine. You're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ FM at HD1 San Francisco, a radio.com sports station. We're into hour number four. Of uh, Warriors this week, John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, as we are with you until one o'clock. I just view the trade, the D'Angelo Russell trade chip, and it and look everything you hear, everything you read. Warrior, you're not a,
1: you're not big on him as a player, are you? I think I view him as
0: he's kind of filler. I think he's I think he's filler. I I I wouldn't rule out the fact that it could work with with Curry and Clay and everybody else. I wouldn't rule it out. I would lean toward probably it doesn't work, but I wouldn't want to rule it out. I'd want to see it before I'd make a determination, and the Warriors are probably going to get a chance to see it in in March and April, once Klay Thompson comes back. Uh, I just think that his value as a chip will be greater than his value with the Warriors. I really do, and whether that's... Somebody that goes in a deal for a star, or even somebody that goes in a deal for a couple of role players. Like I think you could, you could between Russell and that trade exception. To me, you could bring in three role players to where you, you know, capable high level role. You know, to me, that's where you find your Iguodala's and your Livingstons and the guys like that. Those types, a newer version of those types that you could pair with Curry and Thompson and Draymond Green next year.
1: And make one more run at it. Well, the Warriors obviously are going to face many, many important roster decisions. The biggest one right now appears to be how do you keep Marquise Chris on the roster? Since you're up against a hard cap, you would either have to, as we've discussed here, uh, say bye-bye to Alfonso McKinney, or you'd have to trade somebody. You could trade Spellman, uh, perhaps. You could trade Jacob Evans. And John Dickinson says of those options, he thinks that saying bye-bye to McKinney would be the best right now. Again, you've got Marquise Chris, who looks like a different player. You've got Warrior players, according to Monty Poole, requesting Bob Myers that he find some way to keep Marquise Chris on this roster. It's a little tricky. So that right now is the most pressing issue. It is. What would you do? I think I would see what I could get for Omari Spellman. I've not been overly impressed with him uh, so far, assuming that I'm going to have... Devon Looney back, and I'm going to have um, Willie Cauley Stein. And I like what I've seen from Pascal. Um, I like that Alfonso McKinney, as you've pointed out, six eight, can rebound, uh, knows the system. I think if I could keep him, I would rather do that. Spellman to me so far, wish him the best. Um, just it has not impressed me much yet.
0: Okay, yeah, I don't think you can get anything for Spellman at this point. I mean, I think he would have to play well. And I at this point it doesn't look like he's going to play enough to to show that he can play well. Just again, way too early. You do have to have a taker,
1: right? I mean, you can't trade somebody if nobody wants him. Yeah, and I think I mean
0: that's how they you know they, it could be a deal similar to how they got Spellman. I mean, it was hey you know you don't need da- you know Damian Jones you don't need Damian Jones if you have Willie Colley Stein Willie Colley Stein's a better version of Damian Jones. So you take on another big that Atlanta's dis- disappointed in, but he has a different skill set. Because I think that was part of it was yeah this guy was a first round pick can shoot it a little bit different skill set from Looney different skill set from Collie Stein yeah we'll we'll take a shot on him at being the the third center if you will or maybe the fourth center if you count Draymond in there at some point so. I think that's that That was the thinking there, but I, just, I don't think you could get anything for him at this stage.
1: Well, we're so anxious to find out the answers to so many of these questions, right? And it's the preseason. We're just starting maybe to get some clues as to what the roster will look like and how it will fit together. But when you consider that the Warriors open against the Clippers and Paul George is not going to be playing, Willie Colley-Stein, we don't know when he's going to be playing, I just have to keep reminding myself that it's going to be quite some time with a team like the Warriors and as many new parts as they have. It's going to be quite some time before we really know who they are, what they have, and what their new identity is. Yeah, and there's
0: one other player that we're forgetting in the Chilton Auto Buddy text line, the uh, Pete. He checks in from the five one zero, and he says, Why no mention of, of Damian Lee cutting Damian Lee instead of McKinney? Well, Damian Lee's on a two-way deal, so... I actually think you could make a case that Damian Lee is more depth that to where maybe you would let McKinney go. So I'm using your point to make a different point, uh, Pete. We appreciate you chiming in. Uh, he's on a two-way deal, so he's got the maximum 45-day limit that he can be with the Warriors. So you can manu- maneuver that, manipulate that. And I think in some ways you like what Damian Lee brings to the table even more than McKinney because Damian Lee, the one thing he does really well is shoot the three. So maybe he's somebody that fits. If Glenn Robinson becomes your starter, and you've you know you're going to play Pascal there some, and you want to keep Jacob Evans and Jordan Pools in your rotation, and you're looking for bodies, maybe Damian Lee becomes a filler body there, and somebody that has a different skill set that you like.
1: Of all the options, the guys that you figure you may have to move to keep Marquise Chris on the roster, to me, Spellman is the one who is um, the most expendable. I'm
0: with you, except for the fact that you have to get your other stable
1: of centers in order. Right. I'm making the assumption that uh that I'm going to have some health there. And also, Marquis Chris, it looks like he's going to play some center. Yeah. Well, you're yeah. Gonna, But if you have Chris
0: there, once you get Willie Colley Stein back, you could make that move to me. But I don't think you could make the move until you got Willie. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy